Good night, Australia, and good morning to Robert, also known as Michael McCullough. Give him a great big Ignite Life Church welcome. Here you go, brother. Thank you, Pastor Rob. Surprise, surprise, eh? What happened to that slim young dude? <laughs> That's a long time ago. Yes, young talent time, as Pastor Rob said, was 50 years ago in April. So they're doing a big special uh, for that show and uh, hopefully there'll be a TV show to tour possibly. So that'd be very nice. Yeah, my name is Michael. What's yours? <laughs> well, actually, it's a long story about my name. I'll go into that a bit later on. My uh, journey in life began, uh, of course, 60 years ago. I was uh, coming from a very beautiful family life. My parents were so loving. Not really much of a Christian influence. I uh, would do Sunday school, I believe. But um, yeah, it was just so much love in my family. I still, fortunately, have my parents now still alive. And uh, my brother and my sister have been very supportive. I began my career as an amateur uh, theatre production member of a show called Oliver. And back then, of course, I played the part of Oliver. I had the, uh, the blonde hair and the whole look. And uh, back then I said, please, sir, I want some more. Now I'd be saying, can I have a hamburger and fries with that? Thanks, Governor. <laughs> Put a bit of weight since then. It's all been very, very good. So after Oliver, I was in a show called Mame, which is another amateur theatre production. And I played the part of Patrick in that, which is a lot of fun. And then my first professional show came around when I was 13. And I performed at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne in a show called A Voyage Around My Father with an English actor called Sir Michael Redgrave, who was the father of Vanessa Redgrave. You might know that family. And that was my first big break. And then from there I did a bit of amateur theatre work again and also worked in um, the Melbourne Theatre Company and different shows for them. And uh, I then did a bit of work as a contestant on Young Talent Time, how they got to know me, and also on New Faces with Bert Newton. And I won a prize at 15 to perform down at Rest Point Casino. And that was just opening back then in 75 and I had my cabaret act that they fixed up for me. And I performed down there. And because of the high profile at that time, uh, I was chosen to be a member of Young Talent Time and that was probably the most exciting period of my career as an entertainer and uh, I was there for over two years and we recorded albums and I travelled and toured with the show and I uh, had a great time. I was there with Tiny Tina Arena, remember Tina Arena? Yeah. She was there with me and Karen Knowles for those who are about my age group and Stephen Samet so that was fantastic and Johnny Young was uh, influential and me getting that break, so I'm always grateful for John for his help and support. And after I left Young Talent Time, I, as Pastor Rod said, got involved with production shows and musicals, and one of them was Superstar, Jesus Christ Superstar, with Marsha Hines, uh, who's very well known in the industry, and uh, Doug Parkinson, Trevor White. So that toured Australia and Hong Kong and Singapore, that was a lot of fun. And then after I finished that, I went and did some work in Sydney, I had a club act and worked around the clubs in Sydney, which is a lot of fun. And then after that, I went up to Queensland and got into the show at Jupiter's Casino and uh, was there for 18 months in a big production show. And that's when I met a guy called Danny LaRue. Now, Danny LaRue was a bit of an institution in England and also in Australia. Anyone know Danny LaRue? Yeah, oh, there's a few. He was a female impersonator, believe it or not. And he was a huge star and he had shows all over the world. Well, not so much all over the world, but England and Australia particularly and he was living in that region of the Gold Coast 
and I um, got to know him and he invited me back to London after the show at Jupiter's finished called Stars. So I went across to London with him and was given a, an amazing introduction there where I met some incredible people like Michael Crawford, Elaine Page, Barbara Windsor, um, and Cameron McIntosh and saw all the big shows. I can remember actually uh, seeing a show at the Royal Box um, in Drury Lane and uh, we had uh, cucumber sandwiches after. <laughs> so it was like very, it wasn't with the Queen of England by the way, it was the Queen of Theatre which is down here of course. But, uh, but that was a lot of fun. And then after that, I uh, moved to London and uh, stayed in Covent Garden. God always was blessing me, not even knowing it at the time, that I was kind of giving me all these amazing opportunities and God was directing my path before I knew his love. But uh, I met a guy in London and his name was Dennis Vaughan, who was a Philharmonic Orchestra conductor in, in London and uh, stayed in Covent Garden. I don't know whether anyone knows Covent Garden, but that was a, probably the most prime address you could get. And I was based in London for five years and did a few shows as Pastor Rod said at the, uh, the West End Theatre Restaurant Circuit. And then from there I travelled uh, at, uh, at different other shows like Portugal and casino type shows, variety shows, uh, Caribbean, Mexico on cruise ships. I uh, worked in Italy with the Rocky Horror Show where I played Rocky when I didn't have the keg, I had the six pack back then. And uh, that was interesting. So the shows I did were all very uh, worldly and, uh, and my whole approach to my life back then was very much the pretty boy and uh, what I could get from people and, and it was a very super superficial life, a shallow life. Everyone thought, well, he's doing so well, but really it was a bit of a facade. I was suffering from a mental illness, which I didn't even know I really had until I uh, was told later on in my life where everything had to be perfect. My appearance had to be perfect. Uh, when I was on Young Talent Time, I was worrying about my hair falling out and I still got all my hair at 60, so go figure. But that was where I was worried and it was called OCD. The OCD is Obsessive Compulsive Disorder where everything you do has to be so perfect. So that didn't help me and it basically caged me for 40 years, this was, oh, over 40 years, this particular problem. And it was actually when I got back to Australia that I started producing shows in Australia with Jamie Redford, anyone remember Jamie Redford? Jamie was the guy up there with that last song. <laughs> and he's uh, a really good mate and he's done very well in his career with Liberace, another American uh, fantastic performer. So after I um, did the shows in Burma, I got back to Australia and I came back and forth for a while doing shows and bringing them up to uh, this resort up there in the casino. And I read a book that a girlfriend had given me when I lived in London, and it was called The Celestine Prophecy. Has anyone heard of that book before? It's a, a New Age book. It was back in the 80s when New Age was all about to start. It was all pretty popular back then. Auras and coincidences and divine intervention and angels. And, and I hadn't thought about any of that before because I was always very much locked into um, me and what I would get out of things and the appearance and didn't look up at the heavens until I connected with this book and for the first time I could really identify the parallels that were happening in my own life and also with uh, what was happening up in Asia. And I had been working very hard with people like Bobby Lim and Mike Walsh and putting together shows and uh, Melbourne Crown Casino, we submitted for that, the show with Jamie, my own show. And I uh, was working very hard and I just broke down in Asia where I found out more about God because for the first time I was looking up at the heavens onto the mirror and it was actually quite an amazing uh, opportunity for me to realize God's love then, but it also played havoc with my mind 
and I was um, thinking that I was a warrior of God. There's actually a, an illness that people do have when they go to Jerusalem, for example. They walk the steps of Jesus and they just get so immersed in it. Even these business people get so immersed that they lose themselves. They, they become totally thinking that they're connected with God as a warrior of God, whatever they may think. And so that happened to me. I was thinking that I had to save the planet. Um, I remember going around asking people in the morning whether they were Jesus or whether this police officer was Buddha for the first time being involved in religious thinking. It was scattered. But this uh, policeman put me into a cell, into a, a cell in Phuket. And I went back to my room and then uh, they came and got me and they took me off to a psych ward in uh, Phuket. And uh, it was all pretty full on. I was being chased around the, uh, the ward and they handcuffed me down to a, a bed and I broke through it and they put another handcuff on me and, and put a sheet across my chest. And I chewed through that through the night and uh, I was kind of like really scattered. And then the following day, the embassy came along to get me back to Australia because my parents were coming to meet me at the airport in Tullamarine Marine where they were living in Melbourne. And uh, they didn't know where I was. And so um, I went through a glass door to scare the guys. I thought they were going to kill me, these uh, embassy guys, and went through a glass door. That's a scar to show that. And that was basically the beginning of my journey to know God. And I was put into a hospital after that. My parents came up and got me out of the... Uh, at Phuket and took me back to Australia where I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and uh, that was 25 years ago when that happened. So from there I went through a roller coaster ride of psych wards altogether 40 times over 23 years in psych wards, uh, probably about 18 to 20 months of my life I was in psych wards. It was actually quite amazing though because when I was in the hospitals I met so many Christians. There were so many Christians that were there who had just had some type of experience, some type of spiritual experience to be aware of God. And so we have all these lovely times and we'd be singing and some people would be playing guitars and I'd be out in the uh, smoking area swing, singing along and I'm sure the uh, the nurses were saying, isn't that the guy from Young Talent in, in the cycle? So I met some interesting people back then and, and, my, and my whole approach very much was to let people know about Jesus in the inside wards. So it was um, quite an an unusual life to kind of find Jesus that way and then because of that I then started going to church uh, that all happened by God's grace I uh, met my wife in church about 13-14 uh, years ago I was helping the homeless in my unit on the Gold Coast and uh, they were just taking over I had about eight people living there and I was back and forth and like was that revolving door I met Julie and she got me back into singing in nursing homes which I've been doing now before I met Julie, but I've got my own show that she helped me with, got a little sound system, we went around to the nursing homes and we uh, enjoyed that time immensely. Then from there I um, went through a period of helping people in different shows. I got involved with, the, at my highest, I was performing as a cruise director for Asia. And also at my lowest, I tried to commit suicide, but I knew that there was no way out. I was so full of shame and guilt for what I had been doing as a man and uh, that didn't have my cause for my own life before I met Jesus or God. But I also had the enemy attacking me as well and saying, yes, and you've done that, haven't you? And you've done that, and you've done that. So I couldn't cope back then. Didn't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ in my life. And basically uh, tried to commit suicide because I couldn't cope with it all. 
but now of course I found Jesus and uh, he set me free from all that sin and condemnation and uh, I was able to get on with my life again and then unfortunately my marriage didn't work out with Julie um, I, I still love her dearly but because of the the huge amounts of back and front of cycle wards I haven't been in cycle wards now for about two years now but it was very, very tumultuous uh, so because of that I now uh, have still a dear friendship with Julie I hope and pray that we still get back together in the future but sometimes you have to let people go before they can come back to you again so I uh, have got that happening also now with my career uh, things are going very well I have um, a nursing home work that I'd start getting back involved with again the professional work when COVID stops and also getting involved as a speaker I haven't done that before and I thank Pastor Rod for this opportunity um, so that was just great to be involved with this church I met Dougal, thanks Dougal and consequently, I uh, have been in the studio recording music and um, met two great Christian guys and, and they uh, uh, helping me with my music, my Christian music. I wrote them when I was in London. I had this big plan to be a pop star at 27 when I lived in London, but I then uh, realized that, that wasn't where my music was gonna go. So I rechanged the lyrics to those songs and I've got them as a Christian message now. Would you like me to say one of the lyrics to one of the songs I've written? That'd be awesome. Okay. It goes like this. This I won't sing it for you. I'm going to be singing a couple of songs after this. But this is actually uh, a song of pen called He Will Never Let You Go. We're alive, they all would think. I saw the world in just a blink. Drop those names, pretty boy. I played the game. There was no joy. Too much time on my hands. I wasted all so many plans. I woke up at 35 with a past so full of lies. What a person I'd become. Time to pay for what I'd done. Nightmares and fear wrecked my mind. Hell was certain, sealed and signed. A long time locked away. Side treatment, the order of the day. Searching for answers to it all up and down most times I'd fall. Then I found Christ who set me free from all my sin and agony. He shed blood at Calvary, now gives me healing and victory. Jesus holds heaven's key and he reigns for eternity. So repent and then believe the Holy Spirit you will receive. Jesus is the only way and his love shines through each day. He changed my life from a taker to a giver with the gospel message to deliver. Yes, I know I have God's grace as I've run along life's race. Now I live for Christ alone till the day he returns or calls me home. So lose your pride and work on yourself. It's more important than fame and wealth. Cherish family and loyal friends too. Love's the answer in all that you do. Don't give up. I live for today. God's reward is on its way. Yes, I thank God that he has blessed me with his caring, loving son, who has always been beside me ever since my life begun. So let me tell you about Lord Jesus that many people already know. Believe in him for eternal life, and he will never let you go. He won't let you go. Mark, see if I can get through these songs.
I'd like to sing a couple of songs now. And uh, I haven't sung this one before, this particular song called Still. It's a beautiful lyric. Excuse me for being emotional. Oh uh-huh. 